Shumai, Kreuzer, and welcome to a Club Pildroid Cymru Premier podcast with me, Ivan Gwilym, and founder of a Club Pildroid, Jordan Jones. This week, we've got the return of Tom Pritchard as a contributor, and we discuss the managerial vacancies at TNS and Kevin Druids, license applications, and the main highlights from a week and a half of action in the Cymru Premier. We now know that the Cymru North and South will not play in the 2020 to 2021 season. It's been a decision that's been late coming, and that delay has meant a lot of uncertainty and false hope for the clubs involved that have been working hard towards a return to the field. This discussion was recorded before the news about Tier 2 cancellation was released, so excuse the references to the Cymru North and Cymru South in this pods episode. Our hope for a safe and successful return for football below the Cymru Premier in Wales now shifts to next season. Jordan, it's only just over a week since we last spoke, but there have been plenty of games in the meantime. Are you fully caught up? Yeah, it's been a very busy week and a half, I'd say. And I'm all up to date now. Watched my Escorio yesterday. Um, so all up to date. And yeah, it's been another exciting week of Cymru Premier action. It has been. Uh, we've got Tom Pritchard joining us this week. How are you, Tom? Uh, enjoying the Cymru Prem action since the return? Yeah, very good, thanks. Um, yeah, it's great to, uh, great to have it back. Um, been a long break without it and there's been a lot of uh, very interesting games so far obviously mm-hmm. we've got the title race going on a lot of teams on the bottom as well so yeah it's been um it's back with a bang that's for sure it is it is uh now scott rusco had departed tns just before we recorded the the last episode of the pod but they're not the only ones looking for a new manager now because uh, bruno lopez has left the druids really disappointed that it didn't work out for Bruno Lopez at the Druids because we were lucky enough to get an interview with him on this pod. Very nice guy, and he was clearly trying some good stuff with the Druids, but obviously uh, results weren't going their way. Jason Starkey is in charge for the recent games, but what can you tell us about that vacant position, Jordan, and who might be taking it? So it seems the front run at the moment is Curtis Woodhouse. Um, he was at the game against Ballatown, so we lost 3-1. He's the only candidate that's been linked to that role at the moment. The new Saints job is the one that everyone knows is a lot of applicants. The Druid's job hasn't been obviously advertised as of yet um, by the club, but obviously it's a vacancy there. Um, and a, f- a few people have, have stated their interest through us and we pass it on to the club. Um, it's, it's an interesting job for both as well. Um, just with the Druids, um, they, they say... They weren't one of the applicants for Europe, so the prospective manager may not be managing in Europe, but at least be managing the Cymru Premier. But that's still to be finalised as well, and I believe we'll have an update on their UEFA licence application too as well. OK. Uh, how about that TNS vacancy? We've had a few left-field rumours about uh, who's applied for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we heard that Chris Coleman was a candidate for the job. Um, and that was quickly, quickly it had cold water poured on it. And then Evan, his wife, who dispelled the rumours. So that was quickly gone away. But there, there has been over 100 applicants, apparently, like Harris says. And that's, it just shows how big that job is in Welsh football, the biggest job in Welsh football. And it'd be very interesting to see what route they go down. In recent years, they've appointed managers internally in Rusco and Harrison, who know the club already, know the league. But perhaps this is the biggest appointment now in TNS history because there's so many left field possible appointments yeah it's going to be an interesting one i think with the apparently there's a high standard of um applicants as well which might mean that yeah for the first time in a long time we'll see somebody maybe not that familiar with the league coming in uh, at tns 
Well, the big news on the weekend was that Chris Sargent, who's interim, and his first game as interim manager for TNS didn't go well with Haverford West beating them 2-1 in Scorers live game on Saturday. Massive result for Haverford West. Um, I know Wayne Jones, the Haverford West manager, was clearly delighted. He spoke post-match to John Twig. Yeah, great, to be fair, John. You know, um, great bounce back, again, ability from, you know, poor performance and result Tuesday night. We keep doing it. The guys, like you said, they're relentless in doing it. And again, today, you know, it's all about taking your chances. You know, we didn't have many second half, I think it was just the one, but, you know, bodies on the line, won the first phase, the second phase. Matty's pulled two or three great saves off. And we've done what we, what we should have done Tuesday night in terms of clearing our lines a lot better today. And for that, you know, taking your chances, more than pleased. Wayne Jones and clearly delighted uh, with the result. Uh, Tom, how good were Haverford West on Saturday? Yeah, they were excellent. Really, really good. Um, very similar to the, the the away game against TNS as well. Um, the performance level were pretty, pretty similar to that. Obviously, they got edged up just in that game, but I thought they were superb in the game at Park Hall too, and they managed to uh, to replicate that again. And this time it was against a TNS team who were a bit wounded, you know, um, reacting to, to losing Scott Ruscoe. Uh, so confidence lost there, I guess. But yeah, they sort of matched them all the way around the park. They scored a couple of uh, really good goals. Um, yeah, yeah, brilliant to watch and a, a huge, huge result for Harvard West and one that we've kind of seen already this season, you know, with the wins at Mice Tiger and wins against Barry and teams like that. They're, uh, they're really performing well against these big teams. Yeah, well, those those two goals you mentioned, both of them coming from players signed from the same level as them last season from the Cymru South. It's amazing, isn't it, that they haven't really, like, gone overboard in trying to buy um, people from outside of the pyramid or trying to find somebody with Cymru Premier experience even, but they've been able to rely on the players that got them up there and a few from the Cymru South. I suppose that makes it even more outstanding, Tom. Yeah, it is. It's good to see um, showing that the talent is, is there and obviously those those two players who scored, uh, Liam Shepard and Cameron Keach, they were both, uh, Corey, sorry, um, they're both involved in the win against TNS for Cam Bryan, so it's someone they've done before, and they've just shown again that they're uh, they're capable of, of turning up on that big occasion. And yeah, it's great to see uh, players who are who are not sort of big names, maybe it's such coming over from England or that sort of you know big name players, and they've done they've stepped up really well um, from the Cymru South and are fitting right in. And I think uh, Corey Shepard signed a new contract this week too, so yeah, there's def- they're definitely looking to to go down that route in this, this week so far. There's a really good uh, togetherness in the team. Mm. Well, the big news this week, though, is that, like you mentioned with the Druids, Jordan, that they have not applied for a UEFA licence. Are you surprised by Haverford West not applying, Jordan? It's a tough one because they're a newly promoted team and they finish second. So sometimes a team in second and the second tier doesn't even think about qualifying for Europe in their first season. If anything, it shows loyalty to Wayne Jones and it shows that it's, it's a long-term thing. Obviously, in the Camry Premier, perhaps a lot of teams in the league look at Europe or bust kind of thing. Um, but at least with Half West, it seems to be that there's a bit of consolidarity, I think, um, sorry, consolidation in, at the club where they're happy to finish wherever they finish in the league. And a lot of the managers will say when they get promoted, our first team is to stay up. And this just, this just seems that that's the aim now. And for Half West, it's great that they're showing a bit of loyalty. We've seen a few teams that fair play to them if they haven't been prepared. They've found a pro licensed coach and they've used them to get into the Europe into the Europa League playoffs. Um, but fair play to have for West for just sticking with Wayne Jones and hopefully he gets a place on the pro license course soon. 
In other licensing news, uh, tier two sides have been applying for licenses to get if they are lucky enough to win or come second in their league to come up. Um, and for the first time in a long time, there's been a lot of Cymru South uh, applicants, more so than in the North. Uh, is that surprised you, Jordan, knowing you know what historically has been going on? I think the infrastructures at North Whaling clubs um, is better than down south over the years because they've been in the leagues for the last few years. Um, but if, if you look at it now, we have Carmarthen and Clanathley who were in the league. We've also got some newer teams. I know Britain Ferry Clansell uh, used to be in the league before, back in the 90s. But it's, it's the likes of Ammonford, Camp Bryan, Swansea Uni, and even Tafswell with all the players. And I think that's really impressive. And it shows that the clubs are trying to get standard, trying to get their infrastructure in place for that. And there's so many layers to that. But it just shows if the Cymru South can start it, it's going to be a really interesting league as well. It's not just the playing infrastructure. We look at Ammon Fiduavli on Britain, Lee Trundle and Danny Robinson. But there's also the likes of Camp Bryan who have a nice squad and been in cup finals. So it was nice to see newer names to that list. And hopefully we do get the Cymru South and Cymru North season going because then we have something to celebrate lower down in the pyramid, promotion and relegation from the coming Premier to the feeder leagues as well. And, that, and that's what we want. Yeah, I think it's it's Britain Ferry Cansawal, actually. I'm really excited to see. I saw them a few times last season. The Mark Jones were just ripping up the league. Um, but he's been, they've added a, quite a lot of good quality around him now. So actually, you know, they were pushing third, were they, I think, when the league got stopped or definitely up there but adding John Hood uh, and Loveridge and Bowen sort of in the mix as well that's going to be a formidable team uh, looking forward to that uh, if it does go ahead fingers crossed but yeah still waiting at this point in time Tom where, what games have you seen this week? Yeah so I watched uh, Bada Koniski the other night um, on, on Scory on YouTube um, really uh Good game to watch, obviously, the, the two early goals. Um, but I thought overall it was just a really good performance from the Nomads, um, just reminding teams what, yeah, the, the league why they're up there and you know they're right in the title challenge. Um, it was really good. They obviously went down early on, but really battled back. And I thought just did a job, as Colin Caton said. He admitted that they did a job on them. And that was pretty much how I, how I saw it as well. They just obviously we know how they have what the game plan is. They thought they managed to execute that really well. It just seemed like they just sort of won more of the duels, managed won more of the battles, and a team like I can get on top of you. Um, Michael mm-hmm. Wilde, influential as ever, assisting a goal and just generally being a real nuisance, but so so effective. And yeah, it was um, it was kind of just didn't have really have a chance to really get much of a foothold in the game. A couple of chances, maybe Will Evans could have scored, but overall it was yeah really impressive. I thought from from the Nomads. Um, at the same time. Uh, Jordan, you were at a live game, I think, weren't you? Yeah, so I was at Penabont versus Barry to the second part of the five-mile lane derby, as John McAllister <laughs> branded it. Um, nice name, and <laughs> it was interesting to say that Scorio said they're fierce rivals. There's a new rivalry there, um, it seems. And yeah, that, that was an interesting game. Decided by the one goal in the end, the Kano in penalty. And I think the most biggest talking point was probably Curtis McDonald being sent off and then not being sent <laughs> off. That's, that's the first time at that kind of level that I've seen anything like that. And the credit has to go to the referees is that in this modern day era of football where referees are scrutinised, referee made the right decision there. And fair play to him. Everyone was complimentary over the decision. And ultimately, it was it was the right result in the end. Kane always penalty separating it. And it was just great. Um, 
credit to David Cottrell as well. I think he was my man of the match in that game. Had great delivery, uh, set-piece delivery, and Barry and Lucky perhaps not to get something from those set-pieces, but on reflection, Penabon, the better team. Yeah, well, they obviously uh, the same result in the corresponding fixture exactly a week beforehand as well. Very different goal because uh, not a penalty it was a wonder strike from Sam Snaith it wasn't something I was expecting from him back to goal turned oh, like 30 yards almost uh, 25 yards great shot um, yeah Pennebont have had the better of, of both those games and the first time that they have beaten Barry isn't it yeah and that, I think that just shows the growth of the football club as well is that they can do a, a, the double over Barry. And I said before Christmas, just before the season um, was put to a halt, that if Penamon could win those two games, then that really shows that top six ambition. And the result we're not touching upon as well as that goalless draw is Connors Keane. Now, Connors Keane have only lost one game this season, and that's a massive result for them as well. Not many teams will take points off Connors Key this season, but Penamon surely did. And it just shows the progression that Reese Griffiths is making and the professionalism of his squad as well. Mm. Barry, on the other hand, um, looks like maybe they're in a sticky patch because they obviously they're slipping below Pennebont in the table with Pennebont's good good run of form. But um, they seem to be in a sticky patch last year as well, and they got themselves out of it. And I saw them against Aberystwyth on Saturday um, and thought actually they were they were really good. They had to deal with a, a much improved Aberystwyth side. Um, I saw Aberystwyth before the break and. There's a big difference. It feels very different with Aberystwyth now. There's a lot more motivation, a lot more energy up front with them. I think Jamie Reed's presence has helped because I think Mark Williams tended to be isolated up top before. I think Jamie Reed, a player he's played with before, um, I think having both of those together works really well. I think um, they pressed really well up from lead, led from the from the front, um, and and Barry. Barry dealt with it. I thought it was a very even game. Both teams created chances, um, none more. So then the sitter that Nat Jarvis somehow got over the bar. So for that reason alone, I was quite happy that he was the one that got the winner or else I'm sure it would have been a, a sleepless few nights for him. But uh, yeah, Nat Jarvis got the winner there. What other results took your, took the, took your attention over the last week or so? Um, I, I would look at it, and I think it's the same um, again for Cardiff Met. It just seems that they're in a sticky patch, similar to Barry. And um, just touching upon that former point with Barry, it, is, it does feel that they are in a, in a sticky patch, Barry. Um, in previous years, at the end of phase one, we'd be talking about them as title contenders, and maybe it's just a season of transition um, with that. But it was just, I remember watching the game, and it, it just feels they're really missing um, McGlagan and Hugh. Uh, Barry at the moment, and it just just feels that there needs to be something else, someone to change the game um, with that. And it's, it's the same for Cardiff Met. Cardiff Met, I, I feel like we. I was looking at statistics with Tom actually, um, and it's mad that like how they're really reliant on Ollie Holbert and Elliot Evans for their goals. So they're one of the they're the lowest scorers in the league, but they had the sixth best defence going into the game against Newtown, and that is a Tom Pritchard statistic. Um, and it just it just shows that. Um, Perhaps Met are really underperforming this season, but I do understand that the context of Met, context of Met is a bit different in that they're going through a transition because they've lost so many of their key players. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be at Met over the weekend. They're against Druids, and that's five, uh, two teams that have lost their last five games. Um, so I think 
I don't think there's necessarily any must-win games, but surely this is one that both teams will have looked at the others and say, we have to win this because this is the easiest game that we're going to have to be able to turn our, our chances around. It'll be interesting to see because, yeah, I'm sure Christian Edwards would not have been happy with that 4-1 loss over the weekend. It's interesting because we talked about last week, didn't we, Jordan, about the fact that I, I grouped Newtown in with the relegation battle and Cardiff Met was kind of, could have been pushing up towards the top six. But now Newtown are above Cardiff Met. Cardiff Met are guaranteed of being in the bottom six and Newtown are still in the race for the top six. Um, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? What's what's going on with um, with Cardiff Met, isn't it? And uh, to go back to what you were saying about um, Kane McLagan and Chris Hugh um, at Barry missing, I think that was quite obvious um, over the weekend because you had McLagan, Hugh, uh, Clayton Green, Luke Cummings, a lot of first team players uh, in the stands, and once they get back, then yeah, I'm sure that Barry might be really consolidating uh, their, their place in the top six and pushing for Europe. Yeah, and just with Newtown as well, is is interesting that obviously with Howth West County um, not applying for UEFA licence and that, that could really open her up, itself up now for Newtown to really be with a good chance of Europe as well. So if, if anything, you are describing them as relegation candidates, said they were underperforming, and now they're in with a real shout, as you said, of qualifying for Europe. Mm. Um, I'll run through the results that have happened since. We've talked about lots of them, but uh, yeah, just over a week ago, we had uh, the Flincher Derby, Flint uh, versus Connors Key. Connors Key won 1 0. Uh, Newtown, continuing their, well, yeah, continuing their good run, beat Druids 4 2. Barry, uh, as we said, lost at home to Pennebont. And at the same night, Aberystwyth beat Halford West 2 1. So Halford West actually having a, a mixed. Uh, bag of a week, uh, beating TNS and losing to Aberystwyth. Then on the weekend, as we mentioned, Pennebont's scoreless draw with Connors Key, Newtown 4, Cardiff Met 1. Flint lost at home to Carnarvon. Flint, Tom, do you think Flint might be uh, might be over for them already about the uh, with the relegation? There's been a lot of change there, hasn't there? Yeah, it's just, it's not looking good so far. I think with obviously Neil Gibson coming in, I think you may be the best you're hoping for there is the sort of managerial bounce you might get, some teams get, and we're not seeing it yet. Um, obviously they're running out of time. Um, I guess they're just gonna have to hope that once the once the league splits, they've they've got to be taking points off teams that are obviously in that group with them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of change, and maybe it's maybe it's too much, and maybe it's too late. But yeah, I think it's definitely um not looking good for them. But then they're not bottom, so it's. You know, there's there's still stuff to play for, and it is still quite tightly packed on there. Mm. Well, Druids are bottom. They lost three one to Bala, um, and then the other two games on Saturday were Barry one, Aberystwyth nil, as I mentioned, and Havford West's two one victory over TNS. Then midweek, we there were three games uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, Bala Connors Key, as you mentioned, Tom the Connors Key beating. Three uh, one after early goal for Bala, very early goal, and uh, Andy Morrison in his interview did not seem uh, impressed um, with his team. Uh, Pennebont uh, one nil against Barry and TNS bouncing back from that uh, loss to Halford West with a five nil thrashing over the Druids and Adam Roscoe's first goal for TNS. Yeah, it was a strange one as well because he hasn't started, so he didn't even play against Apple West. But 
came on as a substitute against the Druids as well. Um, interesting to see whether he's part of the long-term future there, considering he's the club record signing. So whoever the new manager is, surely you've got to be including someone of Adam Roscoe's ilk. Looking ahead to next week then, um, well, before the games, we've got uh, this podcast, obviously we're recording now, launching, but we've also got an actual new podcast uh, launching, Jordan. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so before we've had David Jones and Lewis Sharp come onto the podcast to offer their opinions on the coming Premier, but now they're going to be launching a Welsh Premier Women's League podcast. And I believe that's the first of its kind. I don't think it's ever been done. And it's, it's just great to have a bit more exposure on that league. They've attended plenty of games since the restart of the season. And it's just going to be great. It's maybe a similar format to what we do, but maybe we have a bit more. So it'll be a mix of what we did with Bruno Lopez and Reese Griffiths when there was just a few games going on and we had an interview. And each week we'll just be trying to get more people on uh, to just to give more exposure to the club and to themselves. And then we can build a better profile for the Welsh Premier Women's League because I've really been impressed by the quality and the games that I've attended as well. And I'll be at a few Welsh Premier Women's League games over the next week too. Yeah, so basically a better version of this podcast basically is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, it was hard, it'll be hard to top us, but I think I've got it in David and Lewis to do I'm, that as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to that one. Um, on the weekend, as I said, I'm going to Met versus Druids. We've also got a derby in the Mid Wales, uh, Aberystwyth versus Newtown. We've got Connors Key against Halford West, which is big. Uh, a game after Halford West's uh, scalp over the weekend. Pennebont versus Flint. And then Balakanarvon, which is the televised game, if I'm not mistaken, although it looks like it's an early kickoff, possibly to accommodate some egg ball that's happening in the evening. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't partake in that. Sorry. <laughs> you at a game? Anybody? Um, I'm at uh, Newport County versus Leighton Orient. Um, mm-hmm. over the night on Tuesday or Thursday, so I'll either be watching King Coit, um, in the Welsh Premier Women's League or Cardiff City versus Cardiff Met on the Thursday. So no coming Premier games for me mm. this weekend. Um, but I'm hoping to get back to it. Um, just yeah, Newport County is a late annoying, and of course the South Wales derby mm-hmm. and the English system as well is something to look forward to as well. On on Newport County, how how good is Priestley Farquharson doing at the moment? Oh, Priestley Farquharson's doing great. Um, and there's been reported interest um, from the on the internet of linking him with West Brom, and that's after ten games, um, really really playing well for Newport. Um, he's been played as a right-back, centre-back. He was playing right-back um, for a while. And then he's been reverted to a centre-back, but really playing well for Newport County. And there's no surprise if there's reported interest, and it just shows that Cymru Premier is this great league for developing young talent. Mm. Uh, Tom, what's on the menu for you this weekend? Uh, yeah, it will be quite sort of rugby-focused this weekend, I think. But, <sighs> yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, definitely keep an eye on everything, though. Um, yeah, obviously, huge game with, uh, I think, with Matt and Druids. I think we're saying it's not a must-win, but I'd say probably for Druids, that's probably, uh, I definitely don't lose that one. Um, mm. But yeah, there's a couple of, obviously, the derbies that you mentioned, and see if Hapagas can back it up at the Nomads. Might be pretty tough, I think, um, physicality-wise, and just Nomads on a bit of a roll, I think. But yeah, uh, another another good weekend coming, hopefully. Diolch to Jordan and Tom for their time and comments for this week's pod and a diolch mawr to you at home for listening. 
There's no midweek fixtures in the Cymru Premier for a while now, but we will be back to discuss this weekend's games in the pod next week. Keep an eye out as well for the Welsh Premier Women's League podcast, which should be arriving soon. But until then, hwyl fawr.